0: welcome to the heel and face podcast brought to you by heel turn wrestling wait where's the graphic oh well uh yeah so for those of you who are used to the show thank you for tuning in by the way but the regular car is in the shop so to speak And I did load all the graphics and everything else onto the computer that I'm currently using, but none of those are working because the memory on this computer is slow. And shout out to uh, uh, fan of the show, Billy Jean, for letting me know that he couldn't hear me. So now we got everything uh, going on, baby doll, and we're on fire. On the Healing and Face podcast, a podcast dedicated to the sport of professional wrestling and yeah i'm usually here uh on you know doing my thing with all the graphics and the hoo-ha you can see that there's no crawl there's no bottom third to promote my name but my name is the big old stevie c steve castle kicking it with you extremely old school as you can see some of us have memorabilia and other cool stuff displayed behind them i have my old uh Ohio University flag on one side and the rest of the basement, which looks like a hole on the other. So I'm going with that post-apocalyptic walking dead vibe right now. I hope you're digging it. Um and uh thanks for tuning in. So we're not gonna waste time with the silliness, although I do want to point out to you some of the uh, things that you can check out by the way i know you're watching me here and i dig it i'm really appreciating it i'm showing uh you the love that you show me by watching the healing face podcast i really dig it thanks for tuning in um and you can check me out on all of my uh social media services you can check me out on facebook streaming live every sunday five o'clock or whatever the equipment wants to work, which is only a half hour later, but that's cool because you're here with me. You can check me out on Twitter at Healing Face Pod and I'll post something with all my links to it for you to enjoy. You can also check out the audio version of this podcast if you're not able to join us live on all your favorite social media. And you can check me out on mine's with post match postcard discussion about uh, anything it is in the world that happened that night. Whatever you know floats your boat about what happened the night of a WWE pay-per-view. I'm going to limit it to WWE pay-per-views right now because, again, I don't have usual access to a lot of the other pay-per-views, but uh, once we get the show growing and in the direction we want it to be, then maybe I'll expand it out past uh, simply uh, just doing WWE pay per views. So, you know, um, you can check me out on like all the different social media platforms and you can check the show out on uh, whatever your favorite uh, social media service is. So, I uh, appreciate you guys for uh, being here again. You can check me out on Twitter at Heal and Face Pod. You can check me out on Minds at the Heel and Face Podcast Group. And I know that's a Heel and Face Podcast. Just look it up, and I'm, I'm there everywhere. And on your favorite podcast streaming services. Speaking of Spotify, and speaking of all the other cool things you can do, you can check out Heel Turn Wrestling. That's right. Check out Heel Turn Wrestling. That is the platform that I'm cross-posting on That. Uh, gives us uh, the juice to do what we do, Hey, I'll tell you what we're taking this to the moon daddy We already have 85,000 subscribers and 85,000 likes. And we're not shy about this. Our goal is 100,000. We're going to ring in 2022 with 100,000 likes. And you guys can help us out with that too. And we really appreciate it. We want to become the number one worldwide source for pro wrestling commentary for news and four dank memes. And we are killing it in every single one of those departments. I met with the eggheads. We did a Zoom meeting. One of them uh, showed up looking like a cat. And what we did was, we just got our heads together and said, this is the direction this company's going, led by our fearless leader, and we are going in a positive direction, and it's all for you. It's all for the fans. So, what are the shows that you could check out on HT Wrestling Three One Six on Facebook? That's HT Wrestling Three One Six on Facebook. What are the other shows you can check out? Well, you can check out my show, obviously. You can check out the Sleeper Hold, and those guys are about ready to relaunch. So that's really exciting. Uh, I think they've got all their uh, uh, their eyes dotted and their T's crossed, and they're ready to go. You've got. The morning wake up that i like to always wake up to the 2020 wrestling trivia show every sunday morning here eastern standard time you've got uh pierce austin's interview show you have alcoholic adams show where he interviews people you've got um the war room sorry uh with kevin and you also have The premier promoter on Heel Turn Wrestling, Billy Alexander with his show, The Franchise Takes Five, and uh, Behind the Mic with Billy Alexander. As a matter of fact, speaking of Spotify, speaking of audio versions, you can also catch him with the Beyond the Mic show on... Spotify as well so we are taking this thing worldwide plus don't make me forget all of our uh, YouTube shows so and I don't remember what the names are offhand and please forgive me guys in the YouTube wing of heel turn wrestling uh, but I'll get a hold of the channels that you that you need to go ahead and uh, subscribe to on YouTube as well that are under the heel turn wrestling umbrella Ella Ella A A A Enough shameless promoting. Let's get to the deal. Let's get to the news. Uh, Not a lot of news this week. We are celebrating Black History Month, so we'll continue to do that. Unfortunately, sometimes, especially it seems like every weekend it was in 2020 that we were doing this, but um, we're going to have to start this week with the unfortunate passing of another legend, not just in... Pro wrestling, but also Black History Month as well. Kind of the convergence of the two worlds in the passing of Butch Reed, the Buzzsaw, hacksaw Butch Reed. I should say. I'm sorry. He was. He went with the natural for a while. I don't know if that was a rib on Ric Flair or not. When he was in WWE with the bleach blonde hair and all that, but uh, he was a pioneer because he was at the right place at the right time and there was you know at this time wrestling promoters were slotting in all of their guys like here's our latin star here's our african-american star here's our blonde here's our foreign heel here's our this here's our that so each territory and each promotion was slotting in like who they had where And um, Butch Reed was at the right place at the right time for a lot of his career. He didn't start until football was pretty much over for him. I don't remember if he had an NFL team, but I think he might have played in Canadian football for a year or so and then came back basically home with very little or nothing to do. So he decided to give pro wrestling a shot. And uh, he made his debut, I think, in '78 and basically rode the wave. He didn't stay very long locally. He was in high demand because of his athletic ability and his uh, propensity for the business right away. So that's good. He got the business right away, and uh, he continued on, and uh, he did his thing. He became very popular, a very popular baby face. He took a lot of sympathy from wrestling fans. You could see culturally the cracks of... Racism and institutionalized bigotry were kind of coming down. Not everything perfect, obviously, mind you. But especially in the South, which was still holding up Jim Crow laws, to have a baby face like Butch Reed so over, like just catch all sorts of craziness from all of the white wrestlers and whatnot. And then just come back with exciting, explosive uh, comebacks Uh, the crowd would be eating out of the palm of his hand and he went with it and he didn't do a whole lot, mind you, but he was ridiculously athletic. And by the way, he continued a career, uh, throughout wrestling. He also continued a rodeo career, so he knew it was tough. The guys in the back say he was one of the nicest guys uh he always was willing to talk to you about the matches and, and go over things and he wasn't you know uh like a problem he never threw it out there how much of a badass he was unless he needed to and again piss off uh, butch reed uh you know you're uh you're in trouble you know you're gonna get it um really kind of was a pioneer to fill the shoes of Junkyard Dog and others who were leaving for other places about this time. JYD was leaving to recreate all of his uh, matches on a bigger scale in New York. Uh, Throughout the South, he and Ted DiBiase have been feuding and fighting. And so Vince, like the genius that he is, basically turned it up a notch. and. He went even further with the uh, metaphors of good versus evil, with uh, rich versus poor, turns Ted DiBiase into the Million Dollar Man, and then he brings in the Junkyard Dog as the JYD, everybody's hero, bing, bang, bing, bang, boom, you have one of the hottest feuds in professional wrestling cranked up to 10 on a grander scale. So, uh, JYD leaves, who fills the void in the South, Hacksaw, Butch Reed who I believe there was even a Hacksaw versus Hacksaw match right before Duggan left for WWE. So if you were somebody who was about ready to leave for another promotion, Butch was young enough, yet he was good enough to shine you all up. So uh, much of the 80s, many of the outlandish, goofy characters of the 80s and thank Butch Reed for his contribution to their success and getting noticed by the WWE. But what about Butch himself? Well, he eventually, I mean, if you know, you're going to sit around and you say, well, I wrestled that guy and he's in the WWE. I wrestled that guy and he's in the WWE. I wrestled that guy and he's in the WWE. Guess what? Maybe I should give it a shot. So Vince, uh, Vince turned him heel made his hair bleach blonde, wanted to establish him as a crazy person and whatnot. And so he comes to WWE and, and uh, he has a less than stellar run. Uh, I think his most famous match was the WrestleMania match. Uh, decides it's not working for him. Decides to probably make more money with Crockett now that Crockett was re, uh, relaunching. And again, speaking about being the right place at the right time, as he was coming back from WWE and back into Crockett and the other territories, the other Southern promotions, there was another former football player, African-American football player, who, even though was very young in the business, was taking to it like a fish in water. And his name was Ron Simmons, who was also a former Heisman Trophy winner, former first-round draft pick of, that's right, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Didn't work out professionally would have liked to have worked out a little professionally. The Browns sure needed a uh, nose guard uh, in those early 80s years uh, that could have helped the defense out. Don't want to get on a tangent, just go back to this. So Ron Simmons comes in and and people think, well, I can make money with him now too. And they, they looked around the best way to kind of build up Ron and market Ron. And the absolute best way they found was to get somebody who was probably his you know, uh, who probably the guy who he was going to replace at some point uh, they brought Butch Reed in they knew Butch was limited because of uh, his health issues were gaining on him so why not team him up? and they become the immortal Doom so one of the best most underrated tag teams of the uh, mid to late 80's and WCW Crocker Promotions Doom was uh, just fantastic and uh I know they started off with the hoods because they didn't want people to know that um, butch reed was back necessarily and they wanted to shock people but it just became a stupid idea and pretty soon they lost the masks and they started wrestling as doom and uh won the belts um you know again making Ron Simmons look good like he could become a future star Ron Simmons ends up becoming a future star um and then uh after that Butch Reed starts going limited dates limited dates and just kind of phases out of professional wrestling you know they're here there for some shots there was a rumor that at the end of his career he was going to be initiated into the four horsemen but it never uh went through i know that a bunch of people including rick flair was a huge fan of his and was lobbying for that and then basically butch just kind of retired and and went full-time into rodeo and that's what happened and because of butch reed bridging the gap and uh being able to be the guy that that shined ron simmons up ron simmons went on to have an amazing singles career obviously for talking black history month the first ever african-american wcw champion And then going on to have an amazing career, bringing another rookie along. So this is how the cycle of professional wrestling happens. You get a guy, you bring him in, who's your ultimate replacement or whatever for your spot, yada, yada. You train your guy, but you also tag with him and have an amazing relationship. So you see that bridge basically from Butch Reed to Rod Simmons to JBL and... Uh, that's how you do it. I mean, that's how you get really good pro wrestling is that you work that hard and we always have to um, shout out and give our respects to the people who made what we love even better by what they did. And that's why we're shouting out RIP to Hacksaw, the natural, Butch Reed. So God bless. I hope he's enjoying his retirement in the arms of the angels, as they say. Uh, Going on with Black History Month real quick. Nothing real like earth shattering, or nobody did something stupid, completely stupid, as far as Twitter goes or whatever, or saying something kind of dumb. Someone else kind of did, but that's for another podcast for another time. Now, this is a really nice kind of uh, I don't know if it was a surprise, it was a really kind of nice twist so for Black History Month a bunch, I guess, a bunch of uh, wrestlers got together and they did some uh, fun photo shoots to kind of like throw back entertainers and wrestlers and all that from the past and Bianca Belair and her husband Montez Ford you know them from WWE had an amazing photo shoot, just a lot of fun and it's scary how close they looked. They had a photo shoot where Bianca Belair played uh, Josephine Baker and Matez Ford dressed up as Harry Belafonte, the iconic soldier, and Josephine Baker in the banana uh, burlesque outfit. Uh, Just those are iconic images in and of themselves. But if you see uh, Bianca Belair and Montez Ford channeling them for the photo shoot, that's even better. Like, that's just, I mean, it's it's fire. You got to check it out. Uh, you can go probably to the WWE's website and check them out there. Or you could just go to Bianca Belair and Montez Ford's Instagram. I'm sure they're all over that, too. So check those out. That was a fun little photo shoot to uh, throw back to a lot of uh, Pioneers who have again like i said in the last news item uh led the way for other people to uh, achieve great things so nice little shout out a nice little recognition to uh by uh current wrestlers to famous african-american artists of the past so there is the news segment for today's episode uh if you have any other uh comments or anything that you want to talk about in uh while i'm going please do please go ahead and comment below it's awesome to talk to you guys and awesome to be on the show with you guys talking pro wrestling and uh, again you can check me out on all streaming platforms and all social media platforms so in case you missed the show you've got this uh other ways to access the show. And uh, by the way, while I'm here, another great thing that you can do to be a part of the show is you can buy our merch. You can buy our t-shirts. My t-shirt is still somewhere in mail. And I ordered it a couple weeks ago, so hopefully it's in the mail right now as we speak. But what you need to do, and the crawl isn't here today, but imagine there's a crawl. Now imagine as that crawl crawls by, it says ProWrestlingTees.com backslash Heel Turn Wrestling. That's where you need to go to be a part of the show. You can be a part of the show here. You could be a part of the show um, on HT Wrestling 316. But you can also be part of the show, you can also support the show by buying our Pro Wrestling Tees. We got uh, some great ones up there. We have Billy Alexander's t shirt up there. We have the heel turn wrestling logo up there. We have Alcoholic Adams blog and interview t shirt up there. And if I may say so, of course, like Arn Anderson says, I don't want to blow my own horn, but toot, toot. The best looking t shirt up there by far is the heel and face podcast t shirt So buy one of our t-shirts. I know you uh, I know you want to, and it'll make you feel good, so you should. I know I bought my own t-shirt. I don't have a problem saying that because I like it. It's clean looking, and it's cool, and you can support Heel Turn Wrestling at prowrestlingtees.com backslash heel turn wrestling. So fantastic. Let's get to some actual wrestling then, shall we? We shall... But as I like to do it, as you guys know, I always like to talk about the bad before the good. I want to end the show on a positive and avoid the negative as much as I can. Well, this I couldn't avoid this even by using it just as background noise while I clean the front room uh, this weekend. But I did happen to catch AEW Dynamite, and I don't, I don't know what's going on there. I honestly, like. I really don't know, I, I wish I did. I, I wish there was someone in the back, just someone, hire an intern, hire a writing intern to just log the continuity of the show, or or just just have somebody write something down that says, uh, we did this, let's try, you know, this is what worked, whatever. Some person, like a get back coach, in football. Like somebody who's basically going up Tony and saying, maybe we should try it this way. That's not happening in AEW and I hate to say it because I hate to keep continuing to crap on the product, but it's just not it's just not great. Like it's all around, just the quality is not good. And I'm starting to think that the only reason why they have such high ratings is because they're the only Original, Well, I should say original, but they're the, they're the competition on a night that WWE does not promote on. Of course, they want you to see NXT. They promote NXT on the other shows. That's true. Especially USA. But, you know, if AEW was on Friday nights, would they be drawing as many viewers as SmackDown does? I don't know. AEW has to figure out a way to attract more of an audience. They can't just say that they're they're outgaining NXT. Because there's more fans of AEW than there are of NXT. But there's way more fans of WWE in general than there are of AEW. And I'm not sure if Cody and all the other people out there are seeing that, but... It is what it is, and it do be facts, though. So what was on AEW was confusing and a little dumb. And admit, I admit, full disclosure, I didn't even think about AEW until I was doing the dishes earlier this week, and I was uh, listening to Jim Cornette's podcast. So I am a little biased I wasn't even going to talk about AEW this week. And yet here we are because I had to see the scene that he talked about. And let me tell you something. Usually when Cornette goes off on something, he eviscerates it to the point where there isn't a whole lot to be said. This is a rare occasion where Cornette talked about a segment and didn't give it enough justice for how bad it was. So, the segment that I'm talking about is the segment where MJF and Sammy Guevara are backstage hashing out their problems because that's what's happening now. Um, And to put the cart before the horse to jump things a little bit, Sammy Guevara basically just quit the inner circle. But this was the process of him quitting the inner circle. Um, They were supposed to have talk. He and MJF were to hash things out but they asked the cameraman to stay. Okay, whatever. Um, it's not like we can all watch this back next week or go home and go to the trailer and Jericho couldn't pull up the DVR and rewatch this. Well, the way that Cornette put it, at least it seemed like that Sammy Guevara was saying a lot of double speak that. MJF was going to use against him via recording. It led me to believe that what MJF was going to do with the audio was a lot like that commercial with uh, Gronkowski and Tom Brady in it over the Super Bowl weekend. You know, the uh, this is the message that Rob Gronkowski sent to Tom Brady versus. Because Tom Brady didn't have T-Mobile, it sounded like this. I thought basically it was going to be one of those heel moves where it takes all of what uh, Sammy Guparov says and takes it out of context. It was actually worse than that because that didn't even happen. You know, you'd think it would, Sammy Guevara would, would have gotten caught saying a bunch of craziness and throwing chairs and throwing catering around and saying how much he hates Chris Jericho. He just made valid statements about what's going on in AEW and Chris Jericho. And MJF used that for the, ha, I gotcha. Uh, just complete utter ridiculousness. One, why would you keep a camera person there if you only wanted it to be a private conversation between you and another person? Two... Why are you then worried about someone recording the conversation, even though it is a violation of your rights? You are not allowed to be, no one's allowed to record you without your consent, unless certain specific rules apply. And basically, MJF just pressed record. Uh, Thirdly, and the most confusedly to me personally, was the fact that Sammy didn't even have any emotion when he was talking about it. He just threw these things off as like, flippant sides it's like well, I don't like what Chris is doing right now and I don't like the things that this is happening and that's happening and that's it it wasn't like he was again throwing chairs and upsetting uh, catering cards he was just stating his grievances matter of factly so that got to the point where MJF said ha ha I got you and he is now um, openly uh, you know uh, going to use this recording uh, against Jericho well then Sammy then grabs uh, the phone and like throws it smashes it into a million pieces so that's supposed to be like a thing that's supposed to make us obsessed that's supposed to like oh okay uh, he means business he doesn't want Chris Jericho to hear this entire conversation that Jericho can drive home and watch because he DVR'd the show Um. So, shenanigans happen, the match happens, the Inner Circle wins, and then later on, Guevara comes back out to the ring to join Inner Circle and basically quit there. Um, No emotion behind it, no, you know, hey, stay, and powerful, wasn't trying to get him to stay or anything like that, nothing. Now, normally, if you're a wrestling fan, you know what usually happens in these situations. Maybe face it, they've been planning on breaking off from the group who's supposed to have a good singles push basically states his grievances that have been building over weeks. The heel faction tries to convince him to stay. Heartfelt. Things get tense. As soon as the, the new baby face or the wrestler that we want to turn the face turns his back. Wham! The entire faction malaywans him and, stu- and stomps him into the dirt. That's what usually happens when you want to solidify someone's baby face turn. Not for AEW, though. AEW is just like, okay, let him walk out. Everything's cool. We'll talk to him next week. Ha, ha, LOL. We'll be on next week. Okay? No build-up. No stomp-down. No emotion. Just, hey, I quit. This has been stewing since December 9th. For two months, I've been thinking about this. But I'm out, and I'm gone. Okay, cool. No, you know. So... I think, again, Corny undersold how meaningless the entire segment was. And I fast-forwarded through the recap of the wedding because if there's anything sadder about this wedding recapping, it's not going to make it any better. As a matter of fact, my emotional state as I was recapping uh, the wedding was uh, I'm angry at the fact that I had to watch that. So fast-forwarded through all that. Uh, watched the first-round tournament. For the women's belt, three I guess, whoever they're going to push Pride, Britt Baker. I don't know. Who knows? Um, Kenny Omega is going to continue to fetishize Japanese females by allowing them to be on a show that he runs and he's promoting. Speaking of that, by the way, and I don't want to again, completely be negative. But the best thing that could happen to the AEW women's division right now is that they all be trained at the Capitol Wrestling Center. But I digress. Uh, Kenny Omega had this promo where uh, Alex Marvez followed him to the golf course. And in the, you know, Kenny Omega is talking about how he never loses, how he stays on top, how he's number one everywhere he goes, how he's an elite athlete, etc., etc. Meanwhile, of course, you, it's totally staged, uh, just just totally goofy. Uh, it's almost like a uh, Monty Python sketch where it's the sleight of hand, where you're supposed to concentrate on the seriousness in the front part, in the foreground of the shot. Meanwhile, on the back of the shot, uh, they're slapping each other with fish and getting eaten by monsters, it's the same deal where Kenny and Alex are talking and the perspective shoots you to the back where you see that, in fact, uh, Don Callis is about to beat the bejesus out of a poor caddy because he's arguing about Kenny Omega not getting it in the hole for an eagle on the golf course and the caddy comes back with a brand new ball they drop it right in the hole. And they say, hey, look, Kenny, you have another eagle, blah, 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 blah. Uh, just, just, just just, brutal. Um, it's not even funny because at least if anything else, Money Python was funny. You knew the pretense going into the joke and this is not even a joke. This is just, this is a joke, but it's not the joke. It doesn't go over as well as they intended. Speaking of that, the women's division not going over as well as they intended. Uh, I like Layla Hirsch, but again, you can tell why she is only wrestling on AEW. And Thunder Rosa, God bless her for what it's worth. Uh, as I've on this, I've been on this podcast before talking about how much I like Thunder Rosa and respect her game, but. It, Even she couldn't really pull a good match. There's a reason why Layla Hirsch is just first-round fodder, and it's not a knock against her, because she could be potentially really good, and she's got a really good gimmick. But the the frustrating thing is, once again, bringing somebody in off the street who hasn't had a whole lot of experience in the world of professional wrestling and not been on house shows and not been in indies and not done a lot of work in different places to hone your craft and know exactly where you are at all times is really what's killing AEW right now just the people that they bring in are not top notch, I mean let's be real they're just not Uh, Layla Hirsch was blown up halfway through the match it it should not have been a 10-15 minute women's match just to have them for the sake of having them Uh, don't Uh, Because you're just going to make everybody else look worse than they probably already do. And another thing is, again, with the training and all that, somebody somewhere should be training Layla to go with her strengths and not her weaknesses. Her weakness, just like a lot of these indie guys, is they want to prove that they can do everything. They want to be super athletic, they want to be strong, they want to be uh, agile, they want to be powerful, they want to have technical wrestling, they want to do luchador, they want to do all this stuff, they want to do everything. But what is essentially Layla Hirsch's gimmick? She is a bad, as heck, no-nonsense, shoot fighter with an amateur background. So why is a no-nonsense, amateur, shooter background, doing a triple jump moonsault not once but two or three times until she gets her wind up until she gets her timing up until she gets her placement up until she gets rid of all these really terrible uh uh, habits that she has you're gonna have a hard time booking her there were a couple of times in the match where thunder rosa had to reposition herself or redo things just to make the look good for example the uh, bump in the corner that I believe was supposed to be a levitation drop kick from Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa had to actually st- stop, like mid. Look how hard that is to do to stop mid run. She was about to launch herself into the drop kick and knew Layla was not exactly in position to take the drop kick, so she had to turn it into a sliding clothesline that looked halfway garbage. Not Thunder Rosa's fault the fact that Layla didn't position herself right you can see she was positioning herself twice she was on the middle rope that she fell down into the bottom rope and it just didn't work the chemistry of the match was really uh, awful uh Layla Hirsch keeps doing the triple jump moonsault again she's not Rob Van Dam she doesn't have a to do it like a luchador but because she thinks that she does she doesn't I'm not saying she shouldn't do it but it took Kurt Angle at least three years to work the moonsault into a match and he's the quite arguably the greatest shooter in the world of professional wrestling's ever had and you're Layla Hirsch if you must do a triple jump or a catwalk moonsault whatever you want to call it at least wait and only do one match. When it's meaningful, where? When, it, when it counts. The second one uh, she did, she was so gassed, so blown up that she barely got to the third rope to be able to do it. And, you know, to her credit, that, when she came off, that looked pretty good. But again, if you're not fit enough to do it, and if you can't do it, the Dusty roads rule comes into effect. Don't do stuff, You other than that, just more blah, more meh content from AEW. Uh, The main event was completely mess, uninteresting to me. Uh, Kenta got the first shot in with his briefcase with the guarantee in it. Uh, People are trying to still convince us that Lance Archer is a thing. Even the guys were trying to put him over on commentary. But that cat's out of the bag. Lance Archer should have won the TNT belt right from jump. Didn't. And now, I can't breathe. Hold on just a second. And now you see, no one cares about Lance Archer. He was supposed to be some huge monster heel. No one cares about him. No one cares. Uh, this this match was just thrown together. We're supposed to believe that Kenny Omega and, and, uh, uh, Kenta are heels, and they're supposed to work together. Even though Kenta's made it clear that he's not here, he doesn't care about uh, Kenny Omega. He's just there to get it with John Moxley, who they both had a very unconvincing beatdown. They were just basically like standing there, like you hit me then I hit you. Nothing going on in AEW right now is of any, uh, excuse me again, sorry, the sinus is just acted up, I should have taken a pill, I didn't, uh, there's just no interest, no buzz whatsoever, nothing really uh, of, of, of interest is happening in this match, so just gonna end it by saying it was a real big letdown, um. I know they're gearing up toward uh, their next pay per view in like three weeks, so we'll see. But I just, you know, I don't understand uh, if I'm supposed to care about AEW at this point. I'm really trying, but I don't see anything worth caring about. So uh, not gonna not gonna worry about it. Um, so let's jump then. Let's go from one of the shows to the other show, so we could talk about. Uh, the pay-per-view coming up tonight. And I know I'm kind of running out of time, so I'm just going to go uh, and go to the uh, go-home show right before the pay-per-view, NXT. Um, the night was pretty doggone uh, pretty doggone good as far as go-home shows go. The simple fact that NXT is silently killing it much better than uh, the other two Brands should say something. It should definitely say something to uh, NXT. And if anything, hopefully, it's going to give us uh, a glimpse into the future of how WWE might look when Stephanie and Triple H finally take over as. The uh, owners and the main bookers and the the buck stops here when it comes to them. So uh, then again, this McMahon's mother lived to well into her 90s. I think she's still alive. So we may get tw- uh, Nash Carter and Wes uh, Lee. Wes Lee. I should have known that. Uh, versus, and it was MSK versus uh, Legato de Pazma for the Dusty Rhodes semifinals which will be tonight on Vengeance Pay-Per-View um, this is how you bring guys in with very little experience learning how to fly in the indie and you make them look strong without you know having them look weak and giving them room for improvement uh, you get them against two guys that have been there in the company for a while and let them go nuts uh, this was probably the less crisp I've seen of MSK, but that, you know, certainly doesn't mean uh, everything is, you know, going south that they've blown up so far. They just need a little more seasoning, and right now they're getting the buzz. So now they get the buzz to be in the uh, finals of the Dusty Road Classic tonight. And they're going to lose. Sorry, spoiler alert prediction. They're going to lose, but they'll come back with some fire. They'll get some matches under their belt. They'll probably go against Ever Rise. They'll, they'll work for a while uh, maybe they'll uh, continue their feud with Legato Del Fantasma, that would be pretty dope just to get some guys to work together and then, then LSTK will figure out the WWE style, they'll dig it and they'll work with it it'll be awesome so nothing to worry about here uh, they did their finishing move the uh, double team blockbuster and they uh, they're going to go on again to get the, the winner of tonight is the opportunity for the NXT tag belt. So uh, dig that. Next match is uh, part of the reason why uh, Elmira or Elena, I'm sorry, Elena, Elena Black did not show up at the future, uh, great, or not future, the uh, Game Changer Wrestling show. This uh, last week, because she was down there for this to go against Xia again, as we reported last week, uh, Elena Black is now Cora Jade Uh, and uh, Priscilla Kelly is now uh, Gigi and at least they're signed at least they're in the wwe i don't know if this is the reason just to be uh, jobbing out to xia or not but it was the case uh she didn't get a whole lot of offense in uh Catanzaro and Caden tried to interfere on uh lee's behalf say you don't need her what are you doing to her you're torturing her trying to win xia over causing the distraction temporarily distraction but it didn't work uh, They tried to reason with Xia Li. Oh, by the way, Cora Jade lost. Uh, they tried to reason with Xia Li, and uh, Tian Xia's grip over Lee just was too much. Uh, then Xia Li just destroyed Kanzaro with a kick, and so now we're going to have that continue. I don't know who Tian Li or Tian Xia is. Probably another wrestler. Who knows? That didn't interest me. But what did interest me is the next match, which was the women's uh, Dusty Rhodes Classic Semifinals. We're getting this tonight, too. Uh, Shotzi, Blackheart, Ember Moon defeated Candice LeRae and Indy Harwell, all with the cast of characters from the way, from the Gargano way, the Gargano family. Uh, a lot of fun with this match, a lot of good spots as you would imagine. Indy Harwell coming off the uh, top rope with the springboard elbow was pretty cool to see. Um, in the end, it told the story and shot for the uh, WWE Women's Tag Belt. Now, that all being said, just a real quick sidebar. The topic has been coming up that apparently Triple H had mentioned in a press conference with the investors that there are plans to expand NXT's women's belt situation, uh, including possibly, I would assume, a North American title or possibly NXT belts, tag team women's belts just for the women's division of NXT. So who knows? Uh, My theory is... If you have a company that has these belts, and you're going to have women wrestle in the company, that the women's belts should equal the men's belts. So yeah, not only should it be the heavyweight situation with the Raw and SmackDown titles, and the women's NXT title, each brand should have its own. Maybe this is the way to do this. Each brand should have its own women's tag team belt. Each brand should have, there should be a women's UC, a women's US, a women's North American belt, the only belt that shouldn't have a belt is a 24-7. And we already know. It's established that women can win that belt, too. So every belt should have a male belt equivalent to it. And that's just my opinion, but hopefully NXT will lead the way and have their own NXT women's belt. Um, so we're going to get... That's one half of the finals. The other, uh, the other half later on, we'll find out. Uh, well, actually, we know. So we already know what the finals are going to be tonight. It's going to be... Uh, because uh, Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai won last week. We're going to see Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai versus Ember Moon and uh, shoot. I saw some sort of train of thought. Shotzi Blackheart, my favorite. So why did I forget about Shotzi? I don't know. Hopefully she's not going to get mad at me. Please don't get mad at me, Shotzi. I I'm not a creepy wrestling stalker. Uh, but I do like you, so um, why is my hat all set? Okay, cool. We're back. Um, no, we're not. I don't know what's going on with the hat. Anyway, that's a little better. So, shh, so we got that. Um, so Kushida beats Austin Theory by DQ, again, continuing to give Austin Theory a lot of shine for being a rookie. He's really good. Uh, and to get him the exposure and to get him where he needs to be to become a future star in uh, WWE, not just NXT. Kushida's out there. Uh, so uh, Gargano's f- faking an injury because a chicken excrement heel does that. Tried to get out of wrestling Kushida tonight. It didn't work. Uh the Gargano interfered by hitting a super kick on Kushida. Uh, theory tried, uh, you know, uh, to capitalize or whatever, but uh, um, it backfired on Theory because it was basically disqualification, so that led to the confrontation in the ring where the two go after Kushida uh, and kind of uh, kind of leading to, again, Kushida versus Gargano. This weekend, uh, we had another appearance of Dexter Loomis. This time, he grabs Austin Theory puts him in the silence. So even though it was a disqualification, the babyfaces got kind of the moral victory out of that. And we'll see. Uh, this would be a good time for Kushida to get the North American belt. And I'll talk about that a little bit later, probably in about five minutes here. Um, the best segment of the night. The best segment of the night. Actually, it didn't go where I thought it was going to go, but it was pretty hilarious that it did. The match. Uh, the camera grimes. We see him. He's a new man. He pulls up in a Lamborghini and, and all leather outfit. He is looking like a million bucks, daddy, because he literally is a million bucks. He was in exile. He was nowhere to be found. Persona Nobrada looking his wounds after his. Embarrassing loss to Dexter Loomis, and he's back, and he's throwing cash around, big chunks of cash. Well, it turns out that Cameron Grimes had an epiphany that he decided he was going to make himself feel better by going after something else that that he liked doing, video games, and I thought this was going to go somewhere, and it didn't, thankfully. But he talked about video games. He said, if I like video games, why well, I might as well put all my money and invest into something that I like. So guess what Cameron Grimes? He goes into a GameStop, has a revelation. He's not only going to dig buy, buying video games from GameStop, but he's going to invest in GameStop. Guess who now is a millionaire because he invested in GameStop? That's right. Cameron Grimes invested a ton of money into GameStop. But that didn't stop him there, because the other thing that he likes other than video games are dogs. So he decided that he would also invest in dogs as well, even though he really can't invest in dogs. He took half of the money that he got from GameStop and he invested it in something called DogCoin. That's right, Do- Dogecoin, Dogecoin, I don't know how you pronounce it, but how you pronounce it, it made him even more money. So now Cameron Grimes is a millionaire, billionaire, because of his savvy, right place at the right time, falling backwards into two of the biggest investments. Of the week. Now, I thought this was going to go somewhere. Of Cameron Grimes didn't have to wrestle anymore because he now has a Twitch account and all he does is sit at home and play video games, and he doesn't need wrestling anymore. And I was very much afraid that that's where that was going. But thankfully, someone in the back had enough sense not to go there with it. Um, because again, a lot of the wrestlers have friends who were fired by WWE because they're like. Playing video games and want to stay on their Twitch, and there's a lot of pro wrestlers who still are on their Twitch accounts playing video games, and I'm not going to help them because I don't want this to to mess with them. But anyway, that's where we are. So Cameron Grimes is a millionaire daddy, and he's going to the moon. So hopefully, it'll be uh, comedy wrestling, but comedy wrestling done right for at least a little while here, and we're going to have some fun with that. Uh. match, final match very brutal Uh, this is wrestling done right if you are an old school fan or if you're somebody who's just tired of the modern presentation of what pro wrestling is, all you have to do is just watch NXT and watch these guys go at it and see what happens. There's probably maybe two dives in this match and they all came from the grizzled young veterans who were just coming out of the ring just to attack uh, Ciampa and Thatcher who are now f- fast friends. And even the promo earlier in the night was kind of funny with uh, it like an Ebony and Ivory type of promo. It's like Tommy Thatcher I just like to hurt people and I like people who like to hurt people. And then Ciampa with his smoldering intensity uh well, you know, I don't like this guy but you know what I've found to respect him I respect guys who really care about this much about business blah blah blah, blah. Tommaso slams the chair shut walks off and then you see Tommy Thatcher with that weird crooked grin like I got to, I don't like this guy but the one thing I do know about this guy is I'm going to beat people up with this guy and we're going to become ta- eventual tag team champions well there was them versus the grizzled young veterans and they're just if, if you wanted to see, again, a match where there was uh, a lot of uh, high flying and whatnot, no, nah, this ain't the match for you, man. This was a beatdown. This was a match of stretching people and making people feel ouchy and uncomfortable. Uh, there was a uh, surfboard move, I think, put on uh, Thatcher by uh, the number one, uh, Zach Gibson, uh, just stretching the bejesus out of him. Uh the baby faces in this again, we're talking about Tommaso Ciampa and uh, and uh, Timothy Thatcher as the baby faces. They make their comeback. They start hitting some German suplexes. Uh, uh, the, the the tension between both just basically turns it into a Texas tornado. All four men are battling around. Um, uh, Ciampa at one point had Drake set up for the widow's belt. Um, But uh, Gibson uh, grabs Drake's legs, so uh, Champa just lands on the back of his neck. He's in pain. Uh, Then they put Champa in a ticket to Mayhem. Absolutely brutal. Come on, one, two, three. Talking mad crap, and now they're going to the Dusty Classic Final uh, to face uh, MSK. For a shot at the NXT Tag Championship. Um, this should be interesting. Clash of Styles. So we shall see how this is going to go. Uh, should be a lot of fun uh, tonight. Uh, the card is stacked top to bottom and I'm going to try to hurry up now because I'm pretty sure that the pre-show is on right now. And I know you guys want to watch that just as much as I do. So uh, just uh, is bone-chillingly this card is fantastic. And uh, we're just going to go with. Uh, let's see. The matches tonight are. Um, you've got Io Shirai uh, in a three way, which I'm not a fan of three way dances. I'm really not. Uh, it's lazy booking. But at the same time, too, if you've got Io Shirai and you've got. Uh, Mercedes Martinez and you've got Tony Storm. You've got three really diametrically opposed wrestlers who uh, could go. You've got Tony Storm young in her career, still in her early 20s, still killing it, uh, handles herself like a veteran in the ring. You've got the grizzled veteran in Mercedes Martinez. This is her shot. She's not going to throw away her shot. And then in the middle, you've got. The woman who's arguably at the peak of her career, at the height of her powers, Io Shirai is the champion. She cut a pretty good promo about how she's not afraid uh, to, to be in this position. She says, bring it on, bring on the challenge. She says, if you want to be the best, you've got to challenge yourself and uh, we'll see. It looks pretty awesome. Eno uh, Shirai is coming in, walking in as the champ. Um, she was successful the last time she defended her belt in a triple threat for the championship, even coming off the stanchion. There's no stanchion, at least not that I know of. This time, uh, this time is, is a totally different clash in styles. You have Mercedes Martinez, who's an assassin, uh, who's got the ground and submission game down hat. You've got Tony Storm doing some of that strong style, that, that hybrid strong style. Uh, of uh, australian and japanese strong style there and then of course you've got io shirai who is the quintessential champ probably the best pro wrestler the best female wrestler in the world right now so if i had to predict i would go with a uh, spoiler or not spoiler a uh, left field i'm going with a spicy take i'm going to say that mercedes martinez wins the belt There's no reason for her not to, and for her to carry this into the next huge NXT pay-per-view would be amazing, and it would just be a great feud between her and EO one-on-one. EO wouldn't look terrible not having it. She wouldn't look weak. She wouldn't look strong either. Uh, She would just be who she is. Uh, It's time for her to take a loss and kind of regroup and find someone else or find uh, a refocus to go after. She definitely chased Martinez with the belt. This would be a nice way to reward Martinez for all her hard work and all the passion that she's given the business for the last 20 years or so. So I think it would be a perfect time for Mercedes Martinez to become your new NXT Women's Champion. Um, Speaking of Women's Championships, let's go on with that and just talk briefly about the uh, finals of the cup where you've got the classic uh, small big heel in Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez versus the young upstarts. I don't think that's their actual tag name. but There was a rumor that it was going to be with uh, Shotzi Black, Hard Denver Moon coming in with the green streaks in their hair and everything. Um, I think that this one is just going to be a lot of fun. Um, I don't think it's going to be a lot of uh, similar like technical wrestling. I think they're just going to kind of let them go at it. And let the athleticism take over uh this is going to be one of those where you just cheer for spots kind of um, i think that raquel gonzalez is going to get a lot of that heavy work as far as the heel uh, being the dominant heel you know a lot of boots to the face a lot of a lot of foot washes a lot of uh, of, of that just kind of brutalizing both the smaller female wrestlers but in the end uh i feel like This is the time. This is the promised time for Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. This is their push, and they are going to be the victors tonight for a shot at the women's tag team belts, which I have a strong feeling there's going to be an announcement that there's going to be a women's tag belt that's going to kind of break off from this, and somehow Shotzi and Ember Moon are going to become the women's NXT tag champions out of this somehow. So they'll spin it somehow, and it'll work, you know, so there's that match to look forward to uh, speaking of the men, women's uh dusty finals let's go briefly to the men's the men's grizzle young veterans versus msk again as i said uh this is a way to push msk get the buzz going get the excitement about them they're good enough to be able to carry themselves in the ring without looking terrible but at the same time too there's a lot more learning on oh, the learning curve of the wwe that they're going to be doing so this is their push that's not a push they're going to get a lot of exposure there's gonna be a lot of buzz People are going to be talking about it at the end of this match, just like they were against Legado del Fantasma. But there's going to be some either some shenanigans or whatever. Legado del Fantasma is going to interfere because they were shamed by Escobar. He said he wasn't uh, he wasn't mad they lost. He was disappointed or something. I don't know. He he said that we don't we don't lose in Legado del Fantasma or something like that. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, you're gonna see the two you're gonna see those two teams go at it. Uh, uh, MSK versus Grizzled Young Veterans. This was the promised push that Imperium got. Because of COVID and whatnot And I'm not blasting a period, not burying them They deserved it But this is the shot That Grizzled Young Veterans Were supposed to get They were supposed to get The NXT belts a while ago And this is a continuation of that So I'm just going to go ahead and say The winners of the 2021 Dusty Cup Are going to be the Grizzled Young Veterans And I can't wait for them Versus Oni and Lorcan To basically like Kill each other in the ring That would be tons of fun North American belt, North American belt, Gargano uh, versus uh, Kushida. Again, this is probably cashing in on a promise. Uh, we know that uh, New Japan wrestlers have not had the best. Runs in WWE in NXT Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of anxiety trying to keep Kushida happy and part of uh, the NXT uh, family so I'm going to predict that they're going to give the belt to Kushida tonight just because they want to keep uh, him happy, they want to keep the door open to uh, other Japanese pro wrestlers. They don't just want to make it look like you come over here to the states and fail, uh, or you look terrible. So, uh, winner uh, Kushida takes the belt. A lot of press going out all over the place, uh, and a lot of positive stuff. And Johnny Gargano will survive. He, he will, he'll be he'll be just fine. Um, any other matches of importance uh, on the card? I guess the last one you would say would be uh, Finn Balor versus uh, Pete Dunne for the belt. And uh, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't really see uh, reason for Pete Dunne to have the belt. I think this is just a way to like continue the brutalization uh, that uh, they're putting Finn Balor through. I mean, uh, they're basically uh, they threw him in there with Kyle O'Reilly to get the, the Jesus beat out of him, and now they're just throwing Pete Dunne at at him uh, too. So uh, we'll see. Uh, this probably will be a very uncomfortable match to watch. This will probably be a match along the same lines of uh, Dragon off versus. Walter about how at some point it was just basically Walter beating uh, the life out of uh, Ilya Dragunov I feel like this is the same way I feel like that Pete Dunn will get a lot of the offense in because he's the over heel and Finn Balor's the baby face that's acting like a heel uh, Finn Balor going to take a lot of offense. He's going to take a, a huge beating. I'm not even going to say whether or not O'Reilly or Orkin are going to interfere. You know that if they do, uh, the rest of the Undisputed Era will balance that out and pull them out. Um, but we shall see. But my prediction is going to be that, in the end, the Prince, Finn Balor, is going to retain his belt. So those are my predictions and still NXT heavyweight champion Finn Balor. Uh, That's it for the show. Thanks for joining me on this weird wild ride. Hopefully I'll have my real computer back next week to go over the results and preview another WWE pay-per-view coming up, Elimination Chamber. Uh, So hopefully you can join me uh, talking about that. Uh, You can see if my predictions came true, of course. We'll talk about it later on, uh, on, on minds. We'll go on over and we'll talk about, uh, uh the post match, see how it goes. This is going to be my pilot episode over there to see how it goes to see if people are into it, to talk wrestling, uh, you can also hook up with me on the podcast page or Twitter at Heel and Face Pod. Uh You can comment below again uh, all throughout the week on anything you saw here. And, of course, I'm going to put all the links that you need to have in a post later on this week. So anywhere you can consume the show, please do. Anywhere that you can just let everybody else know. Again, the goal is for this page to go to the moon, baby. And also for uh, Heel Turn Wrestling to go banana. You, uh, we have that goal of 100,000 likes that we are going to definitely try to get to by the end of this year going into 2022. So, lofty goal, but man's grasp should be far above his reach, or what's heaven for? You're welcome for that poetry, and you're welcome for the Heel and Face podcast on Heel turn Wrestling. It's me, it's me, the big old Stevie C. Thanks for tuning in this week, and as always, I don't have a cool graphic, but I'll just throw it up. Throw it up with peace.